And uh, the next person I will be looking at is more closer to our time. It's uh, a man by the name of Charles Shinneke. He was a Roman Catholic priest for 25 years. He was in the system of Roman Catholicism for 50 years, but he was a priest for 25 of those years. So I want to give you just a little background on, on this man, uh, Mr. Shinneke. As I said, he, uh, he was 50 years in the Church of Rome, uh, 25 years uh, of that 50 he was a Roman Catholic priest. So this guy, uh, I mean, he heard confessions. He did the Roman Catholic Mass. He served communion just like any other uh, Catholic priest for years, folks. I mean, that's a long time. That is a very long time uh, to be a priest. And then the Lord set him free. You know, he became famous, by the way, uh, because of the uh, conflict with his own uh, leadership and, and eventually obviously he got saved he left the Catholic Church so what I'm going to do here as I've done before I want to take a look at some New York Times articles here I do this for a, a reason for a purpose just to show you that this guy was solid he was legit because when you deal uh, any time when you're coming against the Church of Rome folks they go after you and this man went through it folks so uh, I just going to start I'm going to start here uh, uh, with an article from January 17th, 1899. I'll just give you uh, uh, 1899 from the New York Times. And it says, Father Shinneke is dead. As an apostle of temperance, his fame reached the Pope's ears once defended by Abraham Lincoln. Oh, yes. So isn't that interesting, folks? This man uh, was once defended by Abraham Lincoln. Why? Because uh, uh, Mr. Shinneke was in controversy, and they were coming after him. There, there was false charges that were uh, brought against him, and uh, this man uh, was defended. Don't forget that. He was defended by Abraham Lincoln. This is the guy, uh, the man, I should say, uh, that became president of the United States. Of America. Can you imagine this? We know that Abraham Lincoln was a lawyer. He's called Honest Abe. Okay, so we know that this uh, this priest Shinneke, he he got the, he got a good lawyer for himself. So you know, uh, we'll get back to that in a little bit. So anyway, back to this New York Times uh, in 1858, ladies and gentlemen. Let, let's look at this. Uh, we see a personal in, in, in the uh, New York Times. It says, The Reverend Mr. Shinneke, the celebrated Canadian priest, has become converted to Protestantism. On Sunday the 22nd, he declared in a public meeting in the courthouse at Kankakee, Illinois, that he separates himself from the Romish church to follow the religion of the Bible. That makes my heart leap. Folks, you know, it's so good to hear a person, you know, the, when, when the lights come on, you know, they're, they're being set free, they're being truly born again of the Spirit. And what is the natural progression? You leave. That's it. You leave that church. That's what I did, folks. When the Lord set me free, I left. Now, I never took out a personal in the uh, New York Times because I wasn't, I wasn't known. I didn't have a church like, like this man had. I mean, so it was a good thing he did that. This man was bold, and he was bold for a reason. He wanted to let people, he left that church. So we see like a progression after he came out of that um, system. Let's go now. 
another article, this is from 1859. It says here, this was July 11th, 1859. Also, the New York Times, and it talks about Father Shinneke at the Cooper Institute, his difficulty with the Catholics of Illinois. I'll just read a couple of lines. This is the Reverend Father Shinneke, formerly of the Church of Rome, whose persecution by the Catholics in Illinois has rendered him famous. And he preached two sermons at the Cooper Institute. So uh, what we see here, ladies and gentlemen, uh, this man, he got saved, okay? Glorious salvation. Read his book, 50 Years in the Church of Rome. Uh, it's, it's a great book because it tells the truth. And he, he gets saved, so now he, what does he do? He ends up preaching the word of God, and he, he wants other uh, people to get saved. That's the natural progression. You get saved. I was born again, folks. I mean, prior to being born again, I had no desire to tell people about Jesus. But when I was saved, it burned in my heart, folks. I mean, I started going out in the streets, handing out tracts, preaching the word on the, on the streets. This is the natural progression. Why? Because you know that something dramatic happened. You're born again of the Spirit. That's how a person becomes a Christian, by the way. If you're out there today and you've never been born again of the Spirit, the biblical way, regenerated by the power of the Holy Spirit, you're not a Christian. You're lost. You're still dead in your sins. Oh, yes. And, 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 and Roman Catholic, Catholic, you're taught that you're born again when you're baptized as an infant. It's not true. You are not born again at infant baptism. You need to know that. I tell you these things because I love you. So let's go now. 1882, also New York Times, January 19, 1882. We see a story here. It says, a former French Catholic priest the Reverend Father Charles Shinneke, who was known as the Canadian Luther, was to have told or speak at St. Paul's Church. This is in New York City, 22nd Street and 4th Avenue, last evening, why he left the Church of Rome, but an attack of sickness confined him to his apartments. The Reverend Father P.A. Seguin, formerly a French Catholic priest whom Father Shinneke converted to Protestantism a year and a half ago, spoke in his place. Father Seguin was a priest for 14 years and said that after Father Shinneke converted 15 other priests. Now, now, that's powerful. So here we have Father Shinneke got sick. So somebody had to speak uh, for him. Do you notice that he was known as the Canadian Luther? Wow. This guy came from Canada. He ended up coming to the States. Uh, so he is in Illinois. Uh, this is where the revival took place after he got saved. But I like how they called him the Canadian Luther. He wasn't afraid to speak out against his former church because he, he knew it was wicked. You read the book for yourself. This man didn't hold back anything. So uh, you, you need to know this because he came right out of the heart of the system. He was a Roman Catholic priest. So he was supposed to speak. He got sick. Somebody else spoke. And here's a guy uh, by the name of the Reverend Father P.A. Seguin, formerly a French Catholic priest. So he got converted under Shinneke's ministry. Isn't that awesome? And he, and he went on to talk about that there were 15 other priests that were converted under that same ministry by Shinneke. That's powerful. That's good fruit, folks, you see? So Shinneke couldn't hold it back, and what he would do, he would start preaching to his fellow priests. Thank God. Look at this. Uh, I mean, it's amazing. I mean, when you're entrenched in, in something like the Church of Rome, the bondage that goes with that, and all the years of training under that uh, man-made tradition, to, to have even one priest come out is a big deal, folks. But here... Uh, 
15 priests, other priests were converted. Totally awesome. Let's go also, New York Times, we're going now to 1884. Keep in mind, I mean, uh, you look back how many years have gone by since this guy came out, but here he is still plodding down God's highway. Hallelujah. I mean, 1884, November 7th, 1884. Look what it says here. Father Shinneke mobbed. The Roman Catholics of Montreal prevent him from lecturing. I'll just read a little here. Father Shinneke, the ex-priest, was announced to lecture in Russell Hall in this city last night. The hall was packed with an audience consisting mostly of his opponents, while outside was gathered a mob of about 2,000. The proceedings were constantly interrupted, and soon after the lecturer began to speak, the audience refused to let him proceed, and the utmost confusion followed. Men stood on the seats in windowsills, howling derisively whenever the speaker attempted to make himself heard. So, this is awesome, folks. So this is normal, by the way. When you get saved, folks, you could be out on the street preaching, you're witnessing to people, uh, you're dealing with spiritual warfare. The enemy of your souls, the devil and his children, do not like the truth of God's word. The light of the word of God exposes the darkness that is inside them. And often, many times, the people are literally demon-possessed. That's a fact. That is the truth. So uh, what you see here is this man, he's advancing the kingdom of God. He's preaching the word. It's light exposing darkness. And the children of the devil, the, the Roman Catholic souls who are uh, unaware that they're unsaved, they're, they're bucking this man. They won't even allow him to talk. Why? Because the man was speaking the truth. He was preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ. Remember what happened when Jesus and the disciples preached. They were opposed by the unsaved religious Jewish people, the Pharisees, the Sadducees, and everything else. They, they, they were unsaved people. They were never born again. So when Jesus came, arrived on the scene, they didn't want to hear it. It was light exposing Darkness. So that's what took place here. So this man, folks, he, I mean, he uh, went through it. I mean, he totally went through it. The persecution that this man suffered was incredible. In fact, as I said, you know, before he uh, actually went on the road, I told you that he was represented in, the, in uh, different court cases. Uh, honest Abe Lincoln was his lawyer, and uh, Abe Lincoln actually told him at one point in time he's never seen anybody so persecuted as he. And, uh, you know, when he, when he secured the services of Abraham Lincoln, he let Lincoln know, you know, he says, you know, I really, you don't know me, I don't know you, and um, this is what I need. Somebody recommended you to be my lawyer. They told, they told me you're a good lawyer and so on and so forth. And, and Abraham Lincoln says, you know, told uh, Mr. Shinneke, I'll be more than happy to represent you. And ultimately he told him, he says, you know, I do know you. He was following all the, all the workings that were going on against uh, Shinneke uh, by the authorities of the Roman Catholic Church. And he knew, he knew everything that was going on. So when Shinneke contacted him, he, I think he telegraphed him, uh, Abe Lincoln was very well aware of who he was. Can you imagine this? What a, what a great thing that took place there, that he had this honest lawyer, honest Abe Lincoln, to represent him. Totally awesome when you think about it. So that's how Abraham Lincoln came to work 
uh, as this man's uh, representative in the courtrooms, and there was uh, lies being told about Mr. Shinneke, slanders, and ultimately, Mr. Shinneke got the victory. Hallelujah. Glory to God. So right now, we're going to take a look at the uh, Roman Catholic Eucharist, and keep in mind that Mr. Shinneke was a Roman Catholic priest for 25 years. So now he's going to give you his feelings about the Roman Catholic Eucharist. Listen carefully. Now, if you look at the, uh, the teaching of the Eucharist, this is basically the center of uh, the Roman Catholic Gospel. And um, uh, Mr. Shinneke, don't forget he's writing as a uh, former priest of 25 years, and he, he obviously now he realizes that what he believed was not true. Now, here's um, what he said also in that book. And he's talking in, in a chapter where he dealt, uh, talking about the First Communion and how a child is trained up at a very young age to believe that that little wafer host is, is basically God Almighty, Jesus Christ, uh, body, soul, divinity, and so on. So he says here, has there ever been or will there ever be a priest or a layman to believe what the Church of Rome teaches on this dreadful mystery of the real presence? Shall I say that I believed in the real presence of Jesus Christ in the communion? I believed in it as all those who are good Roman Catholics believe. I believed as a perfect idiot or a corpse believes. Whatever is essential to a reasonable act of faith had been destroyed in me on that point, as it is destroyed in every priest and layman in the Church of Rome. My reason as well as my external senses had been as much as possible sacrificed at the feet of that terrible Martin God the Pope. I had been guilty of the incredibly foolish act of which all good Roman Catholics are guilty. So that's a heavy statement that uh, Mr. Charles Shinneke, this former priest, made right there. Uh, and don't forget he's writing now after he came out of that system. So uh, obviously when he uh, received his first communion as I did, uh, he, he didn't have that knowledge as I did not either. So um, it's, it's a whole different picture when you can see with the power of the Holy Spirit, with the Spirit of Truth, it uh, gives you the understanding. And Mr. Shinneke goes on to say, Reader, please have no contempt for the unfortunate priests and people of Rome, but pity them. When you see them walking in the ways into which intelligent beings ought not to take a step, they cannot help it. The ring of the ox is at their nose, and the Pope holds the end of the rope. Had it not been for that ring, I would not have been long at the feet of the wafer god of the Pope. And in that same book, you know, Mr. Shinneke, uh, you know, he told uh, several different stories of different instances where he should have had the uh, light, uh, the, the spiritual light to leave the church, but he didn't. He told about a, a, a blind priest uh, named Father Dole, D-A-U-L-E, who uh, was only allowed to say Catholic Masses on certain instances by the very uh, fact that he was blind. And on one of those instances, he couldn't find the, the host. It was up there on the altar, but something happened. He couldn't find it. 
and he started to get a little panicky and, and you know one of the workers came to uh, Charles Shinnecke and told him what was happening so basically Mr. Shinnecke you know put two and two together and the place the parsonage where they were obviously was infested with a lot of rats and bold rats is the way he described them and he put two and two together because they would bake these um, these uh, wafers right there and the smell of the fresh bread often attracted these rats and long story short uh, Mr. Shinnecke came to the conclusion that the rats had got to that wafer host and he tried to tell the priest that and, and the priest couldn't believe what was happening and, and he, was, he was inconsolable and it got to the point that uh, Mr. Shinnecke just basically you know, had to like, tell him, listen, we, we got to stop this. Then at one point, Mr. Shinnecke said this, he says, and to give you plainly my own mind, I'll tell you here that if I were God Almighty and a miserable rat would come to eat me, I would strike him dead before he could touch me. Basically, he's saying, if, if that was me, uh, that, that rat was history. <laughs> so, so, so you see, uh, Mr. Shinnecke is getting the light and you know he's starting to see how could a rat eat God okay it doesn't fit so Shinnecke goes on to say great and new lights had flashed through my soul in that hour evidently my God wanted to open my eyes to the awful absurdities and impieties of a religion whose God could be dragged and eaten by rats so uh, you know the the teaching of the real presence obviously continues to this very day. As I said, this is the very center of the gospel of the Roman Catholic Church. 